Hey everyone, I'm Justin Fiedler and this is Dirt Tracker Conversations. The Chili Bowl is a bucket list event for many drivers and fans with the annual midget race in Tulsa, Oklahoma drawing hundreds of cars and thousands of fans every year. The list of past winners is a who's who of motorsports and the entry list each year features the best of not only dirt racers but accomplished racers in general. Each year though, there are great stories throughout the building and on this episode of the show, we are going to bring you one from the 2021 edition. My guest this week is Zach Morgan, who has been around motorsports for a long time but isn't a name you've probably heard. He got an opportunity this year to run a midget with Tommy Casson and Flea Ruzik for the first time ever and we documented his week. Zach has a unique set of challenges with his life, which I'll let him talk about, but for him, just getting a chance in a race car is a victory in and of itself. This is sort of a two-part episode in which I talked to Zach before and after the event to tell his full story of the week. The opening half of the show is pre-event and the closing half is post-event. In a world that has been dark and difficult in recent times, Zach's story and attitude is uplifting and will show you the power of the racing community and the human spirit. Without further ado, here is my conversation in two parts with Zach Morgan. Most dirt racing fans, I'm assuming at this point, probably don't know who you are, Zach. Um, so, Zach Morgan, and you are about to embark on your first uh, attempt at the Chili Bowl. And I, I have a little bit of experience with this. The people that, that know me through the Open Red podcast, through the World of Outlaws, will remember we did something fairly similar with video guy Ross Weiss here a couple of years ago. Um, but you're going to jump in a midget at the Chili Bowl for the first time kind of who are you um you know how did you get this deal i you know i i know of you because of your connections in the nascar world but certainly me and you have never met before but right. uh but give me an idea about who zach morgan is and, and how this deal came together well first of all i'm nobody without uh got my fiance tina she wanted to know if she got her shout out so there it is tina so you can't be upset about that um but now i'm a 28 year old kid from missouri and uh I was director of motorsports at Bass Pro Shops until about six months ago. And then I took a job as a mortgage underwriter at the Rocket Family of Companies uh, working for Dan Gilbert. And those guys uh, work remote here in Missouri, um, but still very passionate about racing and very, um, very involved. Um, and Justin, I know you were going to be polite and weren't going to talk about it unless, um, unless I brought it up. So I'll go ahead and bring it up because it's just part of who I am. But um, I was born with cerebral palsy and still have it to this day. Use forearm crutches to walk and, um, you know, been very blessed throughout the years to get in race cars and get in a, a Camaro and race where Carl Edwards has raced and, and, you know, Larry Phillips and guys like that at uh, I-44 Speedway in Lebanon. Um, and then did that for a couple of years and then got the dirt racing bug and got an open wheel modified Um raced that for a little while and then got smart and settled down and uh, got engaged and got a big boy job. And, um, but now we're back to go have some fun because the, the racing bug does not go away. Let me know, you know, kind of give me an idea about your, your kind of career. You know, I, I know you spent some time at RCR and then at Richard Childress racing and then, and then moving over to Bass Pro Shops and like, what, what was your, you know, what was your, your, your gig at RCR and then what brought you over to Bass Pro Shops? Basically, my gig at RCR was to have fun every weekend. Um, no, uh, realistically, I was an uh, intern in the marketing department and uh, got to do some sponsorship stuff with them and uh, people like Lauren Hoffman and uh, you know some of those some of those guys over there. 
Um, got to travel to a couple races that summer and be a part of the team and do some media updates and do some sponsored recon and, and things like that. Um, but my involvement with motorsports goes back further than that. Um, obviously, my big connection is with Johnny Morris and Bass Pro Shops. Um, I met John when I was a 10-year-old kid. Um, and my family and I got to go to a race in Atlanta that he sponsored um, and, uh, you know, met some people that worked for him. And they said, y'all got to, John, you got to meet this kid. And he, uh, he, he met me and immediately gave him the nickname of Z-Man. And the only thing I can really remember about that night, I mean, I was 10 years old. So is Robbie Gordon pulled up and we started doing wheelies on this golf cart. <laughs> me and Robbie Gordon and Johnny's son, John Paul. Um, but a couple weeks later, um, I got a note from John and it said to give him a call and uh, I called him and, you know, we've been all over the country together and been to races all over the U.S. and watched Martin Truex win championships, Austin Dillon win championships, Martin Truex win championships again. I mean, you know, I've been there for some pretty cool, pretty cool moments in history um, as far as Bass Pro Shops and racing. And then with RCR, um, when I was a little kid, I'm actually one of three people that sat in Dale Sr.'s 98 500 car. So it's me, Austin, Dylan, his grandson, um, and Dale Sr. Um, so Richard was giving Johnny and I a tour of that museum when it first opened. And they, uh, we get to that car and Richard puts the window net down and throws me in it and Chocolate Myers straps me in that car. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a cool day, but you know, I got, I got stories like that for hours, but that's not why we're here. So. But uh, extremely, extremely blessed um, individual that's gotten to do some really cool things um, in a short amount of time. I mean, I'm 28 years old, so I hope the good times aren't over quite yet. Uh, with your racing, you know, how do you first get in a race car? And, and, you know, I know you said it was you've done some pavement stuff, you've done some dirt stuff. But what's your kind of progression been uh, kind of through your life as you've, as you've gone on your own racing journey? Uh, wreck a lot of stuff, wreck a little bit less stuff, and then hopefully you don't wreck and get faster. Um, no, but um, I, I went to I-44 Speedway as a kid, and my granddad was a flagman there for years, and I went every Saturday night and got to watch Larry Phillips whip everybody's uh, rear end. I don't know if we can cuss on your podcast. You can cuss so if you I'm, want to. This is the internet. All right, I got to, I got to watch Larry Phillips whip everybody's ass. So, <laughs> um, you know, that was, that was really fun, and uh, – so I always wanted to race and I was the announcer at I-44 for a couple of years, made friends with a guy, got to race his charger car when I was home from college. I mean, it was, it was just boom. Like this charger was the most cheated up four cylinder car you've ever seen in your life. Made a three wide pass for the lead, and like won the first race out in it. And I was like, well, you know, here we go. So, um, Got with another buddy of mine that my dad's known for years named Chris Nichols and him and his dad, Howard, um, actually built me a 1975 Chevy Camaro um, that I raced at I-44 um, for two years. Um, got second in points my rookie year because I, I couldn't uh, couldn't keep from wrecking people and couldn't <laughs> couldn't get the finishes that the car deserved. Um, rookie driver. So, um, you know, and then. The second year, we had a lot of issues, um, just mechanically, just things going wrong with the car. Decided to hang that up. Um, I love asphalt racing. Nothing wrong with people that asphalt race, but it's more of a who you know crowd. Like it's a very, it's very clicky. Um, so, and 
it's there's not a lot of opportunity here in Missouri uh, to asphalt race, whereas dirt racing, um, there's five tracks within two hours of my house. So like it made more sense to to try to get a modified if I wanted to keep racing and race more to race that. So we did that for a year and had a lot of fun and, you know, spent a lot of money and um, had more fun. So um, just always been very blessed to have um, John's support through that. I mean, you know, you can go look up my cars on the internet and got Bass Pro and Tracker Boats and Big Cedar Lodge all right there and all the time. And, and Connie Carroll from Sparco, um, has been a great supporter of mine throughout the years. Um, you know, fully custom suits, all the Nomex I could wear, the driving gloves I could wear. Um, you know, so big shout out to Connie. I hope she listens to your podcast because I love Connie. She's great. Yeah. But she, she really kept me safe. Um, and you know, Butler built with Chris Ferguson, um, you know, big shout out to him for always keeping me safe. I have enough problems as it is. I didn't need to get in a race car and amplify those problems. Um, so, but that's kind of how I kind of semi-retired. Like I was getting older. Like I know like a lot of people was like, oh, 28, you're a kid. But like when you have CP, you age quicker. So, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that didn't hurt quite so bad at 20 at 28 really is magnified. Not that I'm making excuses or, you know, sad about it. I mean, it's just life, but, you know, you have to be very real about those situations, kind of like what Dale Jr. did getting out of the car. I mean, is it really worth going through pain or going through um, going through some of those things to do it all the time? And um, also shout out to Dale Jr. Because when I, when I ran my asphalt car, I had Dale Jr. racing gloves because he gave me a pair and signed them. In my rookie year, I had three wins and eight heat race wins, so I signed him and gave him back to him. So nice. he's got him. So he's got him somewhere at Dirty Mo Acres. I don't know. There's a. He's got him somewhere. But. I love it. When you were uh, running the modified, what uh, what type of modified? Like, what kind of what rules package were you guys on with the modified? So we were. Uh, it's it's USRA B mod is what it is. Okay, yeah. I wasn't like on an open mode or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Three fifty small block um, with, uh, you know, speedway heads and. Um, or you can run a 602 crate motor with a four barrel car, but I never had enough money and, and enough, uh, want to, to, to blueprint a crate and, uh, cheat up a carb that bad. So I always, I always just went the open route. Cause I mean, we got big tracks around here, three eighths of a mile is pretty common and, uh, got to have a decently big motor to get around in places. So I always went the open route, but what, uh, what tracks were you racing at? So I ran at Springfield. I ran at Monette. I ran at Lebanon. They got a little quarter mile track. I went to Nevada. I'm not real sure how big Nevada is. I never made it to Lucas Oil Speedway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and then I went to West Plains, Missouri, the, where they used to have the Show Me 100 um, for years and years. Um, and that's a, that's a big half or a three-eighths mile, big three-eighths. So First time, I'll never forget, first time pulling off that racetrack after a practice night. I'd never been that fast in a car in my life. <laughs> I was like, whoo, that is, that is some good times. What, uh, how long ago has it been since you've been in a race car? It's like been like three and a half, four years, man. I mean, I've, it's sitting here behind my house um, on jack stands. And I'm, I keep saying every year, like, I'm going to get it back out. I'm going to get it back out. I'm going to get it back out, you know. Algar, I was talking with Justin Algar on the phone a couple weeks ago. He's like, you're going to get the damn modified out this year? Same thing with Ryan Newman. 
oh yeah, you've been saying that for two years. Like, ah, yeah, I know. Just life gets in the way. You get busy and uh, you get other hobbies. Like it, it takes a lot. Like the thing I will tell about racing, it takes time. Like it takes your own personal time and a lot of effort, obviously a lot of money. Like if you want to go fast or look cool, like it, you know, it's a lot of money. Um, but then it takes a lot of people around you to make it successful. And that was one thing I was always blessed with when I raced full time is I had enough guys around me, but as we all get older, we get kids and different things. And, you know, those guys have kind of, kind of went by the wayside, nothing, no hard feelings. It's just people grow up and people change, but, uh, you know, and that's kind of leads me into this deal where I've got that group of guys that are going to help make me, a success. I'm not saying I'm going to go to the Chili Bowl and get in the A main and start it, but but I'll be successful because there's good quality people around me, and I I wouldn't get in a situation if I didn't feel comfortable and confident. Have you been to the Chili Bowl before? So I went last year for the first time. Um, I remember when I was like I'm going to say a kid, but I was you know in my teens. My dad and I would rent it on pay per view, and I always remember Damian Gardner winning the one year that we bought it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like midgets aren't really something that I wasn't really gravitated towards until a couple of years ago. Um, I was hanging out with Ryan Newman and, and, uh, flew into Indiana and, uh, went to the BC 39 and we met this guy that Ryan's known for years named Flea Rusick. Mm-hmm. And he was just cool as hell. And I was like, Hey man, like, uh, can I sit in this car? And he had CJ Leary driving for me. He's like, yeah, get in there. So, you know, just met Flea and just, I, here we are, like, all, you know, a couple of years later, I'm going racing in, at the Chili Bowl in Oklahoma next week. So, so how does it, how does this deal come together? Is this something you guys have been working on for a while or is this kind of something that no. came together? Okay. Hell no. This was, this was before 2021 even started, like Thursday before the new year. Um, Tom Casson, who is on Twitter as track prep. He owns Jacksonville Speedway in Illinois, and he's a buddy of Flea's. And and I went racing with Flea and Tommy like later, early or uh, later in 2020. We're in 2021 now, so later in 2020, just watching and hanging out. And we were sitting at a Waffle House one night, and Flea's like, "Yeah, Tommy might not enter any cars." The Chili Boy said, "Hell, Dad!" I said, "Put me in that thing." And I was like, "You know, just let me know how much it costs." He goes, "Well, it's going to be there anyway." But we're sitting. I was sitting at my desk last Thursday and. And uh, I got a text from, from Tommy. He said, hey, this car's going to the Chili Bowl. You want to race it? And I'm not really going to say exactly what I said in the text <laughs> message because, like, I'll cuss on the air but probably won't say a couple of them words. But basically, I said, hell, yes, yeah, sign me up. Like, you know, so worked out a deal. And, um, you know, no – what's great about Tommy and Flea and what I was talking with Flea about was um, – when I get in a race car and the reason that I was always drawn to racing, I've always been drawn to sports. Um, I was a baseball manager in high school, football manager, basketball manager, was an equipment manager for the university of Missouri Tigers for a year. Like I, I love sports, <laughs> but I never could compete. Um, and that was, that was the thing that always made me sad. I mean, my family's highly competitive. I don't care if it's a golf game or a freaking game of cards, like play to win. So um, 
but that's what was always great about racing is that um, I could compete for those that amount of time. The CP didn't matter. The crutches didn't matter. The surgeries didn't matter. What I got going on later in the year, trying to have some corrective surgery, it's all out the window. All that matters in that moment right there, when you slam the visor down and you put them belts on, it's you. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's it's those people around you. <laughs> and it's not about Zach Morgan having CP. It's Zach Morgan, the driver of the number 14 Bass Pro Team Ripper Midget, you know? And that... But long rambling thought, but <laughs> that's what's cool about Flea and Tommy. It wasn't about, well, we need this seat and we need it filled and we're going to see if Zach wants to do it for some money. These guys did it for nothing mm-hmm. to get me back in that competitive arena and to get me um, to allow me to compete. Sorry. No, it's good. I, yeah, um, I, I completely understand. And I'm so, so thankful and so honored that they even thought of me to even do this deal. I mean, I know it came together so late, but them guys busted their ass to get this thing together. And, and it's, I mean, it's, it means the world to me. So hell yeah. As you, now that you're kind of in this and you know, you, you mentioned all guy there, are there guys you've talked to about, you know, things to do, things not to do, you know, what, what help can you get from those guys uh, as you kind of get ready to go to Chili Bowl? I haven't, I haven't talked to him about help. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk to Allgaier, obviously, when he gets to town, um, trying to learn some things. I mean, I went to the Chili Bowl last year and watched and kind of understand the format. Um, I text Ryan Newman about it, and the only thing he cared about was we're on the same qualifier, and I hope to God we're not in the same heat race. <laughs> so, you know, um, so he's not really giving me tips. He just hope he doesn't have to race against me. I, you know, I, I think he's a little nervous. I might, you know might show up uh might show him up a little bit so, <laughs> i love it um, so you no tips yet no tips um have you talked to i mean flea or, or or tommy yet about um you know kind of what the plan is for for the night you know or are you guys you know are you going to be there for practice day monday like you know what you know in terms of getting fitted in the car and all of those types of things yeah i mean so i was actually talking to to tommy about that today i mean it's it's Thursday before the Chili Bowl for the people. I don't know when this is going to come out, but it's Thursday, January 7th before the Chili Bowl. And he's like, yeah, we're going to be there Saturday night. We'll put it in the, we'll put it in the expo center Sunday morning. We'll take that thing outside and we'll put you in the car and get you comfortable in the car. So I'll get comfortable Sunday and run it and, you know, figure out the transmission. Cause I've never been in a direct drive car. Like mm-hmm. this is, you know, going to, going to be new for me. Um, and then, Monday when I roll down the ramp, just try not to shit my pants, I guess. It's like the best, <laughs> you know, I said that was my goal to play. I just, I just didn't want to do that, but man, yeah. I'm so looking forward to it. Nice. Do you have a, I mean, do you have a goal? Do you have, you know, are you trying to make it to a certain main? I mean, do you have, have you thought about any of that stuff yet? I don't know. You weren't recording before, but my, I got two goals. Goal number one, don't be number one on the flip count. Mm-hmm. And goal number two, don't finish dead last. <laughs> there you go. So I know I got a good piece um you know flea builds great cars and tommy really takes care of cars man i put some pictures of the car on the internet and it's a solidly built car and you know i have no concerns from a mechanical standpoint so i think we'll beat a couple guys just because some of these guys don't take care of their stuff i'm hoping a couple of them just drop out because you know their stuff's not quite ready whereas flea and tommy 
and Greg and all those guys really take pride in making sure their stuff's right. So, um, you know, I, I think we can check both of those boxes. The first box on the flip count, not 100% sure. That's the one I'm not so confident about, but I'm really going to try. <laughs> the one thing we did with Ross when uh, when we brought him is we made him do as much kind of online, our factor, our iRacing type stuff. Are you able to do any of that stuff to try to get yourself ready for this? I've got a I've got an iRacing setup sitting right next to me, and honestly, this is going to sound bad. Some guys can really take that simulator and translate it real well, but I've never been one of those guys. I, I just uh, nothing replicates the real thing, and I I've raced I've raced everything on that sim, and I've raced most things in real life that I've raced on that sim doesn't feel the same okay you could you could put me in the sim and i'm i'm a half second off but you put me in a real car and i'm i'm right there yeah not saying that's my goal for the chili bowl or that's where i'm going to be at the chili bowl hell i'm probably just going to be in the way more than anything but you know um just checking an old item off the bucket list is what flea texted me last night and I'm, you know but so yes i have the chili bowl sim and i have the midget but i'm terrible in it so i hope I hope what I say is true and I'm a hell of a lot better in real life than what I am on there. Yeah. So what we're going to do here is, is I wanted to kind of get you, get you ahead of time, get your impressions, kind of, you know, hear the story out and then we're going to let you go race. And then when we come, when you come back from Chili Bowl, we're going to do this again and kind of let you talk about the week and, you know, figure out how it went and, and all those types of things. So um, I'm at this point, I'm going to let you go and we're going to say good luck at the Chili Bowl. Everybody look for the Bass Pro Shops. You said it's number 14 midget. Yeah. That's pretty, I, I, I'm, this is the part I got down. I was always a marketing guy. So yeah, just look for the number 14 Bass Pro Shops, Big Cedar Lodge, Jacksonville Speedway, uh, Team Ripper Esslinger. We're going to go give go give them hell. Hell yeah. So we will, uh, we will see you here in uh, probably about 10 days, 11 days here um, after you get back from the Chili Bowl. If I, if I don't come back, I'll send Tina. <laughs> she, she can come talk to you guys. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm back for a quick interlude to give you the rundown on Zach's results from the week. Zach had a successful day of practice on Monday at the Chili Bowl. Tommy and Flea and their guys got him comfortable in the car and he was able to run hot laps without incident. His prelim night was Wednesday and as we'll talk about, it was an adventure from start to finish. He was involved in a hot lap incident but was able to finish the night and ran every lap in his C-Main finishing 8th. That set him up for a Saturday L-Main appearance, which I'll let him describe in the second half of the interview. It wasn't the finish he was hoping for, but he went out with a bang and he accomplished one of his main goals. With the event now in the rear view, let's jump back in with Zach. All right, back on the show now, post-Chili Bowl, Zach Morgan. Uh, let's jump into it. What, uh, what are your, uh, your thoughts now after, uh, you know, we're kind of about a week and a half now kind of separated from, from Chili Bowl. And, and, you know, overall, as you kind of look back on the weekend, uh, you know, what are you going to remember and, and what are you going to take away from the weekend? Well, I had two goals, right? And I was 50% on my goals. Um, I did not finish dead last. I did join the flip count. So, like, <laughs> 50% is an F. But uh, 100% on the fun meter, 100% on the experience meter. And, uh, man, just so thankful and so grateful for the opportunity, um, you know, just to be there and be in the building and, and 
be in that atmosphere and compete. Like the one goal that I actually made good on, I didn't want to finish dead last. And I, I did not finish dead last. I was in the L main. There was M mains. There was people that finished behind me. So, um, but you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, I went in the building on Sunday, having never been in a midget in my life. Uh, Justin Augar walked up to me and he goes, uh, you know how to start one of these things? And I said, no. He said, you know how to put one in gear? I said, no. He said, well, you want to learn? I said, well, it's probably a good time, you know? So he walked me over to my car and, you know, taught me about the in and out box and taught me about the push start and the switch and, you know, turn the fuel on. I mean, I'm, I come from, I guess, what all these open wheel guys call cab cars. So um, come from the cab car side. So we got starters and, you know, Burt transmissions make it all real easy. So, um, but man, it was, it was fun a lot of time. It was frustrating some of the time. It was um, a learning experience all week long. And uh, I just got to give, first of all, a big shout out to Justin Allgaier um, and Trey Gropp who drove, who drove for Fleet Rusick and Team Ripper, um, that helped me out so much this week. I mean, I went from never being in a midget, and those two guys right there literally were an open book for me. And I, I don't think I did very well anyway, but um, it would have been a lot worse had they not been there. So, <laughs> um, you know, just thankful for them and thankful for their mentorship. Um, and, yeah, I – I really want to do it again. Like, and I really want to get some time in these cars and I really, um, I would really like to make some midget starts this summer because I think, I mean, I'm not going to be Rico Abreu and I'm not going to be Christopher Bell. Right. But, um, I think I could be decent, you know, F main maybe. I mean, Ryan Newman made it to like a G main. So, you know, I mean, I, I could be like Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> when you first get in the car, you know, were you comfortable? Did you fit well? Like, I mean, were there a lot of issues, you know, with moving the seat or anything like that? Like, did you feel pretty good when you got in the car? So when I got in, um, actually, like with my disability, the car works really well for me because you're literally mashing the gas and mashing the brake. Like, and it's, you're, you're basically like perpendicular in that car. So whereas like, you know, in, in other, and you're even daily driver, you flex your ankles, right? And you hit the gas and brake. But with these cars, you literally stand on it. Like that's where it literally comes from. So mm-hmm. um, it worked really well. We had to make some adjustments. There was some modifications made um, with heel risers and a, a padding under my seat and, you know, just little comfort things. Um, I was really sore when I got out of that car because I would get in, get out, get in, get out, get in, get out. And, um, man, I, I went home that night and I texted my buddy Greg from off axis. And I said, shit, man, I may have to sell all my stuff when I get back home. I remember why I quit racing. Cause I was so sore. Um, but magically I get in the car Monday morning, fire that thing up for hot laps and I, I want to race again. So like adrenaline and good times have a really good way of, uh, making you forget how bad you hurt. So how was it that first opportunity to, to roll out onto the track inside the expo center? I mean, where, was your heart rate through the roof? Was the adrenaline pumping? Like, how did you feel? So I went out for hot laps Monday morning and I, you know, they, they push you down the ramp and you got a four wheeler behind you. And I made that right hand turn and, and go out on the expo. And I, I literally just said to myself, well, here we go. Like I'm here. Like, you know, we're, we're really doing this. And, and 
I had never been in a car that had so much uh, torque, so much drive, and was so easy. I don't want to say easy to maneuver, but this is the lightest thing I've ever driven. I mean, I, you know, driven a big heavy asphalt car and driven a pretty heavy modified that gets up on the bars, you know. So when they threw the green flag, I was on the backstretch and I, <laughs> I hit the gas and that car hooked up and I, I literally, if you could hear on the GoPro, I just was like, okay, like here we go, like <laughs> holy shit, like you know. And what I was most nervous about, honestly, was just how the car would feel in the corner, like because I you just don't know. And uh, so Flea and Justin and those guys, they were like, you know, stay on the bottom, stay out of the way, um, off the gas in the middle of the corners, on the gas in the straightaways. So I was like. Okay, so I'm rolling out there, and I'm like, all right, that's that's how I'm going to feel, and that's what I'm going to do. Well, I go out there, and I make one lap on the bottom, and naturally the track was pretty slicked off, so everything was good on the cushion and in the middle. So I went there, and, uh, you know, one lap in, and I'm, I'm, you know, on the cushion, and I come in, and nothing was hurt, and Algar comes to me and goes, what the hell? What happened to staying on the bottom? And I was like, it's just where it wanted to go, man. I can't help it. He's like, Oh, you did great. So, um, that checked the box the first day, like the car fired, I pulled the car out of gear. Like we're all good, you know? And, uh, then we get to Wednesday. So I'll, I'll let you be the host. And take us <laughs> no, and I guess, you know, that's kind of the other part of this, right. Is, is, you know, the, the adventure that kind of ensues. And, you know, I know you had some issues on Wednesday and you had some issues on Saturday, but, you know, I think overall, you know, the, you know, the, the support system you have around you, the, you know, you, you mentioned Justin, you mentioned Trey Gropp and, and Flea, like when you get back up the ramp on Monday and, and, you know, even, even on Wednesday, when you have issues, like, you know, what are those guys saying to you and, and, you know, what kind of things are they helping you with? What kind of things are they saying to you to, you know, to kind of keep you going as that week progresses? Well, a lot of people look at this as a good story and it is a great story. And I, you know, I don't want to take away from it. I mean, I, I walk with crutches and, you know, by all rights shouldn't be here. Um, but those guys know me well enough that when it's time to put on the helmet and it's time to go, like, I want to make it a good showing, not for the kid that has CP and not, you know, not for everybody else that wants to make this a good story. Like I, I want to do well. And those guys, and the people that I've always surrounded myself with in racing have always um, treated it that way. So when I screw up or when I don't do something right, um, I want them to tell me and I want them to be honest with me and I want them to provide me feedback. And, you know, Justin and I went through the video on Monday and I, I said, you know, what do I got to do to get better? And he was like, honestly, Zach, like you did just fine. And he said, it's time. He said, you know, if you, if you try to do too much at this point, like you're going to end up, uh, you know, doing something you probably shouldn't, which brings us to Saturday, but you know, uh, we did get, we did get through Wednesday, which was good. Um, practice crash there with Mr. Moffitt, a uh, typical asphalt jockey, not uh, letting out of the gas. I mean, I'm, I'm one of them too. So Brett, if you listen to the program, Sorry, I didn't get to see you, but, uh, you know, got to feel you <laughs> at least a little bit. So um, we got, we went in, uh, broke a shock in hot laps, which really just, I forget we can curse on this program, really pissed me off because yeah. I, 
I really want to take care of Tommy's stuff, right? I mean, it's not my stuff. Um, so I really wanted to take care of it and, you know, pay zero dollars to win hot laps, zero. So, and that's not where, that's not where it's time to be good. So um, we went in, fixed everything, went out for the heat race, car wouldn't fire. I'm thinking, well, how am I screwing this up? Like I'm, I'm doing something wrong. Like I, make sure the fuel's on, make sure cars in gear, like, everything seems to check the boxes, right? Um, so we come in and car won't fire. So they, they say, you know, get off the racetrack. So I, I come off and they push me back up the ramp and, you know, um, they take the hood off and I hit Moffitt so hard that it actually knocked a spark plug or uh, spark plug wire off the engine. So oh, I wow. was, I wasn't running on enough uh, cylinders to make it, make it roll over. So, um, Walk me through they, that incident with Moffat. I know, like, in, you know, in hot laps, he kind of screws up down the backstretch. He's kind of all out of shape. And then he gets down into three, gets up on the berm, gets up on the bike. And then you are, you know, like literally have nowhere to go. But I'm like, committed. I, like, and I, yeah. I was asking Allgaier and Trey, I was asking them all week, like, what do I do different? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know what to do. Like, um, I thought he was going to flip down the backstretch. Yeah. I had a great, yeah. I had a great view for all that. I'm like, well, I was off the gas completely going down the backstretch and these cars don't stop. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know how many people here are familiar with midgets, but they're not like cab cars where you can hit the brakes in a late model and they're actually going to stop. Um, but midgets are not like that. It's, it's go or no, like there is no in between. So I was all the way off the gas, still going at a pretty good clip. Um, Thought he was going to flip down the back stretch. He gathers it back up, throws it back down in the three. And I was like, well, okay. So I start to gas the car back up to give it, you know, some, some traction to, to turn because these cars won't turn if you're not on the gas. Yep. Um, so right when I was doing that, he decides, well, I'm really going to flip for real this time. And I was just like, boom, just, you know, nowhere to go. So mm -hmm. um, disappointing. I, I'm disappointed. Uh, for him and his guys, I mean, obviously they had to, they had to fix a Nerf bar and whatever else they had to fix. And, you know, I broke a shock on a car that's not even mine. So, um, but you but, know, it was all okay. How did it go then the rest of the night? Like, I, obviously you have the issues in the heat race, you don't fire. Um, and, and then from there, you know, is it kind of a mad scramble to try to figure out what's wrong or did it, did it, you know, that kind of resolution of the problem happen pretty quickly? Oh, we fixed it pretty quick. And then, you know, uh, the Chili Bowl, Brian Holbert, I, I don't know who, who allowed me to do this or if it was pretty commonplace. Um, they allowed me to go back out in a couple of heat races later, make sure the car would fire, mm -hmm. you know, car fired right up. So um, one thing I, I did, I was joking with Steve Hahn about uh, earlier in the week, and uh, he's Emmett's son. Um, you know, Chase Elliott got a few extra hot lap sessions, um, you know, um, and it's, you know, Chase is a good dude, not nothing against Chase, but it's like, hey, man, like the rest of us are here, too. And like he, he has more experience in that kind of car than I do. And like, you know, like obviously can drive the wheels off of a race car. So Steve was there and I said, hey, Steve, I said, how many cup championships you got to win to get an extra hot lap session? He said one. So I said, OK, so I wasn't thinking I should have retorted with, well, how many you got a sponsor? <laughs> so, But uh, not, you know. But it's just part of it, and um, you know, no ill will to chase or nothing. But I, I got a pretty good laugh about that most of the week. So, um, but you guys you know, did get back out and run the C main, correct? We did get out and yeah. run the C main. Started dead last, um, and uh, 
I got better and better as, as the race went on. I mean, it was 10 laps. Um, and Justin told me on my best lap was my last lap. And I think Newman either won the C main or finished second. Um, and my times were, were pretty close to his. So they're like, you know, it's just time. And that, that's, that, that was the theme for the week of, well, Zach, if you had more time, if, 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 if you had more seat time, um, you would be better. You would be okay. Like, um, but this is a hard place to get it. And it's a hard place to, to make a run at it. Cause I mean, there's 300 and some cars. So, but man, when I, when I finished the C main, go up the ramp, pull the car out of gear, everything happens and do the tears. Just, I, I just, um, what it, sorry. No, you're uh, good. What you're it, good. what it, what it meant. Uh, to run those 10 clean laps and to, to be in that moment. I mean, I know I finished ninth in the C main, right? Like, oh, uh, you know, but just the effort and the, the amount of time that, that people like Tommy Casson and, you know, Flea Ruzik and Allgaier and Trey and, you know, everybody that helps on that deal, um, the amount of time that they put in so I could be out there, um, it was such a cool um such a cool moment Wednesday night and to know that, you know, we get to go back and do it again on Saturday. And that was, it was just a really cool experience. Did you hang out then all week or did you go home in between or what did you do? No, nah, man, I was there all week. I nice. mean, Flea, Flea had cars running every night. The one night he didn't have cars scheduled to run, I ran. So, um, you know, got to hang out with Justin, got to hang out with Trey and, and uh, you know, the guys that he had running for him. Um, and, you know, get to watch great racing. I mean, first and foremost, I think anybody that gets in a race car has to be a race fan first. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a single driver that I don't care if you're racing go-karts at GoPro Motorplex or, you know, midgets at the Chili Bowl, or you suit up and go to the Daytona 500. Everybody's a race fan first and they, it's a passion, right? Like it's a, you know, so to be there and to watch that kind of racing and to watch guys like, you know, up and comers like Trey Gropp. Justin Grant, um, you know, uh, the kid that won Power Eye this year, Jake Newman. Oh, Jake you know, Newman, to, yeah. To watch up-and-comers like that, like not necessarily up-and-comers, but not the big names like Seabell and Larson and, uh, you know, Rico. Like those are great people to watch too, but to watch people that have success and can go toe-to-toe with those guys, like – that's really cool. So of course I stayed all week, man. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, I wanted to watch the races too. So, I mean, you know, some of these big time race car drivers, you know, they come in, they race, they leave, they come back later. I mean, McCready was there for his prelim night. Then went to Florida to run the late model. They came back for Saturday. Yeah. If, if, if I had a late model ride like that waiting for me, you know, with Rumley support, I, I would probably fly to Florida too, <laughs> you know, miss some prelim nights, but I, I had nothing else going on. Went to beat ups every night with all and Flea and, the, and Greg and, you know, the whole crew. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a special week. So, so walk me walk me through Saturday. I know you know it, it was it was going real good till it went real bad. Yeah, it was. Uh, so, I go out there and you know Justin was like run the bottom. He said the track is junk. He's like there will be people make mistakes in front of you. He said run the bottom. I was like all right. Uh, this time I'll actually listen because there was nothing up top. 
Um, so I'm rounding the bottom and uh, I'm up to like ninth or 10th, something like that. And uh, I was two spots out of a transfer. So I'm like, well, I think I was around eighth, I believe. But uh, caution comes out. And I will never forget this as long as I live. Um, I look up to someone like Flea Rusick and like, if you know who he is, if you know what he's built and been around with Brad Boyette and so many others, like uh, he's a hard guy to like, I don't want to say please, cause that's not the right word, but like he's been there, done that, you mm-hmm. know, uh, everything. Yep. Um, so under this caution, I'm riding around out there and please stand the top of uh, three and he's clapping his hands like, all right, doing a good job. So um, that was pretty cool. And then it went south in a hurry. <laughs> um, so I got snookered on a start. I'd never started a like cone start before. Um, so I'm sitting there thinking like, all right, don't screw this up. Don't go below the cone. Don't hit the cone. Just really got to try not to hit that cone. Cause they will, Chili Bowl's a place where they, they will throw the caution. You're going right back to the back. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. So, all right, we make it past the cone, but I didn't protect the bottom enough. And, of course, we're in an M main at the Chili Bowl. There ain't a whole lot of, like, respect, I guess. So, old boy drives her down into one and uses me to basically get through the middle of the corner. And it just threw my rhythm, like, all out of whack, right? And um, I hit the backstretch wall, and when I did that, the right front started to go down. And, like... I didn't know that at the time, like the car was getting harder and harder to turn and <laughs> hit the front stretch wall a few times. Um, and then finally with like two to go, hit the front stretch wall and finally flipped it over. <laughs> so um, once again, not my race car tearing shit up. So um, not, not a great way to end the week. Um, but, and I think I said, I'm sorry to Tommy and Flea like a hundred times when I got back to the pit area. Um, but, uh, you know, all in all, good experience. Um, like, I want more. Like, I'm hungry. Like, I, I think I, – I, here's something I've always struggled with, like, with me racing. Like, a friend of mine that built my street stock car told it to me best. With who I have around me and who I have supporting me, with Johnny Morris and Bass Pro Shops and, you know, all this, he said, one or two things is going to happen. Either, number one, you're going to go out there, you're going to kick ass – and they're going to say it's because of who you got behind you. He said, or number two, you're going to go out there and you're going to suck. And they're going to say, well, we knew he couldn't do it anyway. So he said, you have to go out there for you and like the right reasons. But I've always struggled with like what, what's good enough, right? Like, is it a, is it a, you know, <laughs> making it to a B main one night in a chili bowl? Like, is it, you know, making it to a qualifier? Like, and I, I don't know those goals here. Um, so that makes me hungry, like, and that makes me want to sit down with Flea and Tommy and, and Justin and figure out some races to run and figure out some realistic goals and to get that all-important, precious seat time mm-hmm. um, because I'm, I want to come back. Like, I, I don't want to quit. As you kind of, like, look back on it and, and you know, just kind of from the racer side, 
you know, what do you want to be better at? Like, I mean, is it just feel, is it just seat time or is there, you know, are there like specific, like fundamental things that you know, you could be better at, you know, are there like, were you able to kind of give fleet feedback about the race car? Like, you know, as you kind of look back from that perspective, what do you think? No, like as far as like setup and stuff, I knew nothing. I just went out there and drove it like, you know, which is, you know, what, what you got to do when you don't really know what you're feeling. Right. Um, but as I was talking with Justin and Trey more, I was watching the video and was like, you know, looking at some stuff and I'm like, well, I'm not driving the car hard enough because these cars have so much side bite and they, they, they have to be hiked up basically to go fast. You wonder why so many of them bicycle. Well, it's because they're, they're on the razor's edge anyway. Um, but that, but that's where the speed is. I mean, and that's where the speed is in anything. I don't care if it's F1 or NASCAR or here at the Chili Bowl, like the razor's edge is where you're going to find it. And uh, the proof to me so Larson on his prelim night, um, after practice, sorry, backtrack a little bit. After practice, good. Newman came over, Ryan Newman and I, of course, know each other a long time and he was talking to me and Larson walked in the door and he was talking to Ryan and Ryan kind of pointed at me and, you know, Larson came over, asked me how everything felt. I was like, yeah, it was okay, you know. Um, so on his, uh, on his prelim night, of course, he waxes everybody on his heat race and he was walking back and, I was sitting there and I said, man, I said, why you got to make it look so easy? He said, it's not, you know, some bitch is still sketchy. So, and he kind of winked at me and I was like, you know, if that guy who can drive anything is saying it's sketchy, then, you know, it's a, it's a time thing and it's a, what you're comfortable with thing. And, um, you know, had the opportunity to talk to Sunshine, Tyler Courtney a little bit, you know, about it too. And, Everybody keeps saying the same thing, time, 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 time. Um, I know nothing about the setup of the cars. Wouldn't know the first thing I would need um, other than I won about 100 laps at Jacksonville Speedway in Illinois to, to know more about it. I say we, we know some people. We could probably get that done. <laughs> yeah, or Marcus Smith, you know, if you, if you listen to the program, Marcus, hey, how you doing? You know, can we, can we, get, the, can we get the dirt track at Charlotte? You know, can we, can, we, can we hook that up, you know? For sure. Well, how do you feel after, after all of this? I know you kind of went for a tumble and, and uh, you know, uh, it probably didn't end the way you wanted it to, but, you know, physically afterwards, are, you know, are you, are you okay? You know, you're not bruised up or nothing like that? I had some bruises. Um, I had some bruises after the practice crash with Moffitt and uh, I, had a, I had a couple of bruises on my chest and that was a Hans device deal. So I actually got a hybrid Saturday morning and wore it for my tumble, which I'm glad I did because, you know, I, I didn't have any bruises from that that I know of. When I took the tumble, uh, you know, knees banged up against the steering column and I had pretty good, pretty good bruises on my knees for a couple of days and I had a headache for a couple of days, probably... <laughs> probably had a slight concussion but uh you know it's the name of the game I mean I I can fall going down my driveway to get the mail and get a concussion I mean that's just the name of the beast with cerebral palsy and what I have um what's your so what's I, your girl think about all of this um was she I mad call, at you no I mean she knew she would act mad publicly like if I brought her in here right now she'd be like oh no never again <laughs> um you know publicly but I honestly think she knows what it means to me um, to be on that stage and to be able to compete. Um, just like so many people around me. I mean, you know, my dad wasn't the greatest. Uh, he, he didn't want me to do this either. And he brought up McCready, you know, breaking his neck at the Chili Bowl. And he, he knows what he's doing. I mean, you know, 
racing is dangerous, right? Like it's not a, I feel like we've come so far in safety and so far in uh, the advancements of, yeah, everybody's going to get to come home. But sometimes we forget just how dangerous this is. I mean, we get reminders with, you know, McCready and his deal and Ryan Newman, obviously Daytona in February and, you know, uh, the F1 guy, you know, burn his hands, uh, gross gene. Yeah. But, but that ha- that, that's a constant, that's a constant thing in racing, but our love for it and uh, our need for it, like it's a need, like, and I came home just hungry. I, I, I was on the phone with John, you know, Morris with Bass Pro. It's like, we got to get a deal together. Like, I, I don't want to quit. Like, got to get the modified going. I want a 12 race deal in the midget. And like, we haven't got to sit down and talk figures yet. So if he ever watches this, I'm probably going to get in trouble. But, <laughs> uh, but man, I was just hungry. And to see how excited he was, um, was really cool too. I mean, you know, he had me on the store manager's call a week later and, you know, had the footage of me flipping and a couple interviews I got to do while I was down there. And, and uh, to see him, to see someone like that uh, excited for me, I mean, obviously it's more than just a employee relationship. Um, It's a friendship too, but it's a guy that's won championships and literally the three biggest, uh, you know, things in sports with, the truck series, the Bush series and the cup series, one day Tony 500s, one Coke 600s, you know, but for him to be that excited for me was, was really cool too, man. And, and uh, it, uh, what brings me around the sport and what keeps me here and what makes me love it so much is the people like I want to race for Tommy again. I want to be around Flea and I want to be around Trey and I want to develop as a driver. And I, I want to go to dinner with those guys and I want to hang out and um, I could never race again and I would be okay with it, but I, but I want, I want to. Um, And hopefully, you know, we can, we can make some stars align and and make that happen. But uh, yeah, it's it's always the people, man. And and you can you'll you'll have hundreds of guests on this on this podcast and and every one of them will tell you that it's the people that that keep us motivated, whether it's our family, our kids, our wives, you know, our crew guys like sponsors. It, it's always the people. And just being in that building and being around those people is and to know that I get to suit up with them and pull those belts down and put that helmet on just to be with those people and to compare myself to them is undescribable. You can't, can't be it. So what's next steps then? When are we going to see you uh, out and about again? Or, you know, is it, are we waiting to kind of, you know, get into the springtime a little bit? Like what, you know, do you, do you guys actually have a plan so far? Well, I got a modified sitting, I don't know, 500 yards from my house and John gave me a big three bay shop right, right here behind the house. And I got a modified sitting in there with an engine that hasn't ran in two years. I got to figure out how to run. Newman was giving me shit about that all week. He's like, yeah, you've been saying that for two years. I was like, yeah, just, I've been out of the car long enough that it, it wasn't really a priority at that point. But now that I got back in one, it's like, oh hell, that's, that's all I want to do. So uh, first priority is to get that thing running. Um, and then hopefully, you know, have some conversations with Tommy and Flea and, and uh, hopefully, 
hopefully get some stuff together. I mean, if it happens, great. You know, like I'm, I want it to happen. Um, but it's got to make sense for everybody. Like racing isn't free. Um, and I understand the time and effort that it takes to put a deal together. Like it's not, you know, Tommy's time isn't, comes at a cost. Well, his time comes at a cost. And, you know, all those guys will tell you, well, yeah, but we want to help you. But, but I'm, I'm always the guy that wants to be fair too. So, um, you know, if it makes sense and we can do something like awesome, let's, let's, let's see if it makes sense. Let's see if we can get some partners behind us. And cause you know, the other thing is it costs money. Like the tire costs money. Like, yeah, I'm a great story and I'm a pretty below average driver, but um, you know, tires cost money. Fuel costs money. It costs money to get up and down the road. And uh, you know, Justin Grant had a pretty good um, explanation about that on Twitter a few days ago um, about what it takes to get up and down the road and the sacrifices people make and, personally, professionally, financially, like, so yeah, I mean, it, it's a state of limbo at the moment, um, but like any other race car driver, always hungry and always searching for the next one. <laughs> well, I'll let you go. I certainly appreciate you uh, taking some time to, to share your story with us, but um, I have a little video that I'm going to include when I put all of this together. And, and it was like, it really struck me when I saw it. Um, but you kind of getting ready to go and, and you hopping in the car to kind of go out for practice laps. And like the look on your face is it's like you, you know, you, you, you have the story and, and like, everybody's going to know you for the story, but like at the end of the day, you're a racer. And like, when, when you could see you climb into the car with that look on your face, it was like, Oh shit. Like he, like, this is serious. Like he's not messing around. Like, and it was like, it was so fun to see that. Um, and I, um, it'll be in this video, actually, you know, people will have seen it before I, uh, before I'm talking about this right now, but tons of respect for you. Hope we get to see you again. And uh, thanks a lot for the time. Hey, Justin, I appreciate it. Appreciate everything. And, and thanks for what you're doing for racers to, to give us a voice and keep everybody informed. I mean, you know, without you and without people like you covering the sport and without people bringing fans in, Nobody gets to do anything. So uh, much respect for you and starting this thing. And thanks for having me. This episode was a bit of an experiment, but I hope you enjoyed it and Zach's story. It shows that where there's a will, there's a way. The fact that Zach couldn't compete in sports growing up, but becomes an equal behind the wheel of a race car is a powerful sentiment. I hope we get to see him compete again soon. Just a couple of shout outs before we go. Thanks to my buddy, Nick Cole, for tipping me off to Zach's adventure. Also, thanks to my open red brother, Ross Weiss, for grabbing some still images and video B-roll for this project. You can see video of Zach in the car in the YouTube version of this episode. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, visit dirttracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.